man, I'm really sorry. I feel like I have too much snot for this today. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> okay. Cupcake du jour has a podcast. Uh, would you like me to introduce myself or would you like to introduce me? Well, I would say that I have the great pleasure of being here today with my friend, Lou Noble, talented photographer, and I would reckon one of my most enjoyable conversationalists in all of my creative years. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, except, I mean, technically, grammatically, that made no sense, but you feel what I'm putting down. Yeah, they're not here for English lessons. <laughs> yeah, thank God. In all of the, the years that I've been lucky enough to be photographed and make friends while doing so, um, the conversations that you and I have had have been um, the most, I don't know, deep and fulfilling and, oh. and interesting and varied because we move way off the track of what it is we're even doing sometimes while we're shooting. <laughs> Right. You can you can like uh, tap your head and rub your belly. Like that is not something mm, yeah. that everyone can do. Do you do you find that most people don't talk when they're photographing? Well, there, I think that varies, but um, they might be talking at me, giving direction. Um, yeah. They might be just telling a story about themselves. They're not necessarily conversing though, or like seeking discourse whilst taking the photos uh, okay okay I see what you're saying but yeah shooting like conversation is a key part of shooting for me because you're dealing with people and with people I want to chat I want to give it I want to talk yeah I mean I believe when I look at your photography too that that sense of conversation comes through in the images not mm. not only because you are catching people mid-sentence or mid-laugh or things like this but but also there's like a a quality to the images that make you curious about the person I think for mm. me in the same way it would be if I was trying to speak to them and get to know them I think when you're talking to people while you're shooting them you get a different kind of set of expressions you get different kind of emotions it's nothing necessarily big mm -hmm. but hopefully they're focused more on what you're talking about than they are posing yeah you know I, I don't I I think for my favorite pictures there's not a lot of posing necessarily and yet it's it's something different than candid also because we're, yeah we're talking to you so we're looking at you so we're looking at the camera in most cases and right. Candid would be sort of like caught unawares, but you have this way of, of talking to your subject and, and as you suggested, getting them out of their modeling sort of mindset. Um, but they're still in the moment with you as the photographer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one thing that always kind of appealed to me about my favorite photographers is that they have a very distinct style. Uh-huh. And... It's very hard to do that with photography because everybody's got a camera, everybody's got the same tools. Yeah. I found that like having that kind of direct communication with between like the subject and the audience. So like you as a subject is looking at the is me, but you're also looking at the audience. So the audience feels as though you're looking at them 
So it kind of creates this sense of connection or intimacy. And not intimacy in a kind of, you know, uh, relationship way, but intimacy between, you know, two people who are not strangers. So it, it perhaps like removes one layer of distance between the subject and the audience. Uh, of course, that was so well put and expressed. <laughs> that was my experience with you, certainly the first time we met even, where you just, you were able to sort of cut to the core of the thing mm, yeah. in a way that felt really comfortable and natural and made me, I don't think I was even actively aware it was happening. It was so such a smooth transition. Yeah, it's it's not something I necessarily worked on consciously. It was just kind of a function of how I am with people. So when I started taking pictures kind of as a more serious hobby, it was with people I wanted to talk to. So photography is also an excuse to hang out with people. So I could so talking was always a part of it. Yeah. You know, like I want to, I want to chat about whatever I want to know about somebody. And the, you know, as I went on and kind of like my my journey as a as an artist, I would encounter more and more people that I just wanted to know about. Oh, I, this photographer I know from Flickr. I've always wondered what they're about, and I always want to talk to them about pictures. You know, the, the photos, in a way, are secondary to the conversation, but that makes the photos better for me oh i think undoubtedly it makes it it makes your photos better for all of us <laughs> everybody's different some people are very you know I, I know photographers who are excellent at creating a certain mood with very little direction or with just pure direction because they're after a different kind of uh, effect from the photo but for photos that i like to take you know where, where you are kind of casual with the subject where you're hope, hoping to get something that that reads as authentic and, and natural. I feel like that, yeah, that communication, that, that interplay is key. I like that. I was lucky enough to have enough content that we've created together to make one of my zine projects out of our work. And um, that interplay, as you put it, was so apparent to me in going back through those images and and I did a I did a little creep of you on the internet as well, <laughs> as you know, to uh, gather some of the the quotes that I included, and you know the feedback I'm even getting from that issue is is exactly what you're telling me your intent is and was, which must be very rewarding. Yeah, you know, I guess I I started shooting kind of seriously in like 2006, and it probably wasn't until. 2010 that I kind of started to even kind of be aware of that aspect of it because like I was just shooting for fun so like I wasn't really thinking too hard about it uh -huh. it was very instinctual but that's just it man if you could bottle instinct right <laughs> so 2006 to 2010 and then you're finding your groove you're finding your rhythm I have not seen a lot of images by you of nude subjects okay and 2006 to 2010 is like hey i got a camera you want to show me your boobs <laughs> like, it's like right you're finding your own you're shooting a lot of subjects who have done nudes and yet by and large that is not the direction 
that your photography took. Yeah. There are certainly creatives out there who believe um, that there is an element of of vulnerability or raw um, getting to know someone that can be achieved by by showing or sharing of a naked body. I've, I mean, I've definitely participated in those kinds of projects as well. And yet, of all the times we've shot together, there's only one set of nudes and they're Polaroid only. Right, yeah. I call them the stacks. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a conscious decision or like a, a taste level or were you actively trying to move away from the thing that the internet was exploiting? So with nudes, you know, at first it was just no opportunity. So when I started shooting with friends and that was not something that you would ask of friends and it wasn't really something that you would do in like 2006, you know, there, like the internet modeling thing was very much in its kind of like embryonic phase mm-hmm. and it wasn't really something I was thinking about. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't like a huge fan of like the photographers who were famous, who did a lot of nudes. That wasn't necessarily where I was drawn to. I was drawn more to like very kind of interesting, quirky photographers who were very successful. Like um, Chris Buck is one of my favorites. Emily Shore. They, they shoot celebrities, but they shoot them in very kind of distinct and unique ways. Uh-huh. Um, Ryan McGinley, who does a lot of nudes, but his celebrity work was very like interesting and different, distinct. So I just want to take like portraits of people. So shooting news was something that like, I very kind of like slowly eased into because it wasn't really anything I knew about. And when it came time to shoot, you know, people I knew from Suicide Girls, Sash and Rambo, um, who I'd met through Zoetica, who was shooting for them at the time. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of nude shots. I, I've always found that the best way to kind of entice people to shoot with me is to offer what they're not getting from other photographers. What can I offer them that they don't already have? Oh, something different. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to shoot you nude. I want to shoot something that's more about you, more about your personality, that, oh, separate from that. You know? um, and whenever I shoot Suicide Girls, that was always kind of the draw. That was always like what I would kind of pitch is like, let's do something different than what you've been shooting. Let's do something that perhaps is more dynamic and interesting for you because you've been shooting that a lot. The idea that it is revealing and intimate, I think I was quickly disabused of having met people from the, that it's, it's just an, it's a, it's a layer of artifice, Mm -hmm. you know, people, but the audience thinks that if you're seeing somebody nude, you're seeing, you're seeing something deep and authentic about them, you know, but having met a bunch of people who do that kind of work as models, it's like, oh no, this is just another layer. Yeah. This is just another performance. And my stuff more often than not has been about getting away from that kind of performance. Yeah. The, the performative quality of modeling. It's definitely something, uh, Sash actually touched on. Mm. In, in our episode together and of course you and I have discussed and <laughs> I think over the years too people who follow me uh, I believe um, have also come to expect from from me mm-hmm. which is that the nudity is easy right. the throw triples out is easy I'm trained for it I know how to turn it on you want the real me okay well 
you're gonna have to give me a minute, you know, to warm up and to find the right collaborator. And, and certainly again, looking back through our work together, like I've, I've found that in you in a way that's so valuable to me as a real person, as well as then as that outward facing, uh, model, if you will. (laughs) But I mean, gosh, I'm just struck by thank you for taking the time to talk about these things with me today, because again, like I don't, I don't even have to say anything like you're, (laughs) you're, you have this sagacious quality and ability to articulate your thoughts so well (laughs) that like, what, you don't need me. (laughs) This is great. Thank you. Um, So thank you. So the nudes and, and like the ethos or the ego, just not there for you in the way I think, you know, it, it inevitably has been for other photographers. I think there's, there's some people that are really good at it, you know, that have like a particular facility for it, you know, um, Ryan McGinley being one of them, um, you know, and whether it be erotic or not, like some people really just have like, oh, this is, this is their passion. This is what they want to do. You know, it, it was, it was always been just something I, it, it's never been something I was just so strongly drawn to. You know, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Right. And then of course, trends come and go and opportunities wax and wane. And this, um, you said it earlier, photography is a hobby. For you like right. you have this incredible body of work and and you're giving interviews and you're um, participating in projects and you're helming projects and yet this is all just from a place of creative expression and enjoyment yeah yeah uh, I got very lucky I mean even you know when I really got into photography as a hobby I I was just driving an ambulance it's not like I had some great job but it never, I don't, I don't like working. Like, you know, I, I, I enjoy my career and, you know, I, you know, I work as a set medic in Hollywood and, you know, I love helping people, but, um, I don't like work. So the idea of being a photographer as a job seems like the opposite of what I wanted to do, like in life, like, oh no, find like another thing to do for a job. No, no, no. Like one job, the idea of people, you know, the, the whole kind of culture that arose, I think, out of like the recession in 2008 of like people having to hustle and hustle culture. You know, when I was a kid, a hustler was just a straight up criminal, somebody on the street who was like trying to like sell DVDs from the back of the car or, you know, that was what it meant when I was young. Now it's like a hustler is just someone who's just working very hard to make money. You know, but that whole idea of like you need a few jobs and you need a few different hustles, I feel, is because things are so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like things are so people are have so much kind of financial insecurity and there's it's so hard to become successful that you've gotta like grind out. Like, yeah. You know, it used to be like if you had more than like one job, you know, people would call you like some kind of like you were something like weird that you had like three, four jobs or something. Or like that, you, know? you were poor. Or you were poor. I mean, Let's that just, was it. Like you're just fucking poor. You were poor and you needed like three, four jobs to work, to earn a living. 
now it's like, oh, you need like, you know, your main gig, you need a side hustle, you know, you should probably get into crypto or stocks, <laughs> NFTs, you should probably, you know, like, and, and I think pr- what is driving, you know, this is way off topic, but what is driving like NFTs and crypto more than anything else is that people are trying to make it. It's this kind of dream, it's this u- utopian idea of art is like what if you could just put your art in a place and people would just buy it like an auction you know what if we could democratize but it's not really about democracy it's not really about like um, crypto unchaining currency from it's about what if you can make money just by going on this website oh you know i couldn't agree more and actually like if i may correct you you are exactly on target with this conversation (laughs) because um these are areas just at as it was at the start of our relationship where i was you know investigating what we're now calling web 2 and and social Mm -hmm. media i'm now right in there learning about web 3 because it's you know it's what's happening next um and how does it change the game how is the game still the same the behavior is certainly the same like don't even get me started like oh you're excited about something and i should do it you don't fucking say like <laughs> that's it though that was the pitch oh okay right that's the whole um, thing yeah. yeah so oh my gosh again as always you nailed it <laughs> we have been exercising a lot of privilege of course to commodify a word like Hustle. It's a good way of putting it. And make it a positive in some light. And again, I'm speaking right now to a, to a black man. So you certainly have seen this change, not just in culture, but in language. Sure. And where you're like, hey, so that, that word and how you're using that, like that wasn't always available to me. And it certainly wasn't always a positive. So fuck right off. Right. You know, um, we're hopefully all becoming more aware of past missteps and and course correcting I would say pretty hard at times but those those words and the idea that three or four jobs now makes you cool instead of embarrassed right <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry I don't know if I necessarily want to ascribe the same value to those terms I, you know it's uh, it's like I think you know a holdover of like my Gen X cynicism but you know the idea that or or rather the fact that the culture has pivoted to you should have more jobs you should work harder to make money all seems like a big old like con it's a long con it's a long one it's a long con that like capitalism you know it's like oh you should become a photographer, but to be to do that, you've got to, you know, build a social media and you've got to become a businessman. It's like, oh, like they've turned art into like another job, but like another like bad job where you have to be a PR. Like it, they've grafted on all the worst parts of business and capitalism. Like you have to be like a PR person and you have to have like business sense and you have to do you know marketing and you've got to shoot the kind of things that the market will understand you know like if you want to do nfts now you've got to like get into the market and you've got to understand how the market you know nfts but it's also a social thing so you've got to ingratiate yourself into the communities you've got to sell your work in the communities and don't forget to promote the very idea of nfts so that other people can get in on this cool thing work is bad 
Yeah, I think like I, I think work is work that you have to do to survive is a bad thing to me. Like, you know, we should all just be able to survive without having to like suffer yeah. in some way. Now there's work that can make you you know, like that is that is purposeful. There are things that we can do that have purpose and meaning. But the idea that you have to like you know, somebody's gotta work at a job that they hate just to survive, like that's Oh yeah. That sucks. There there is no such thing <laughs> as administrative ecstasy. No. That is that is a lie. So that's why I do it as a hobby. <laughs> oh good lord. <laughs> Subscribe to patreon.com backslash cupcake du jour for more episodes and behind the scenes content. Spoiler alert, I might be in LA later this month, so uh, I'll be here. Maybe we'd be talking about another shoot soon. You can see my new place. Yeah! <laughs>